Thanks for downloading the two Sorry Excuses podcast. Recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. And I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 176. 176. Wow. The Return to Hollywood edition. <laughs> yep. Yep. Liveroo, it's Oscar time. My favorite time of the year. You know it, girl. (laughs) How you been, buddy? (laughs) I've been pretty good, man. How about yourself? Good. It's been a minute since we talked. I want to just, I just want to recap a few things. Um, One, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday to you as well. Uh, Two, uh, no crockpots at Thanksgiving this year. Uh, new traditions, no new faces, new traditions. We've moved on, and uh, and of course, uh, I hope your Memorial Day uh, was as miracle, was miraculous as ever. It was miraculous, the most miraculous ever. <laughs> uh, we're back for the annual Oscar Award Show. Favorite. This is uh, what do they call those? Um, uh, is it a hallmark of the two sorry excuses? Um, this is a hallmark. Um, it's, uh, it's this a, is our signature podcast. Maybe? Yeah. Uh, standby. Long standing tradition. Yep. Um, traditional, you know, which we do every year. Except we boycott the ninety first for obvious reasons. Although, just to recap, I just i i pulled up my yeah. notes. I just want to go through my uh, my picks. Uh, best picture, I had Green Book. Uh, best director, I had Alfonso Cuarón. Uh, best actor, I had uh, Rami Malek from uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. Uh, best actress, nice. Olive, Olivia Coleman, the favorite. Um, yep, that's playing Queen Anne, of course. Uh, best supporting actor, uh, Mahershala Ali from Green Book. Um, yeah. And best supporting actress was uh, Regina King. If Beale Street uh, could talk, so clean, uh, clean sweep for me. I was, uh, yeah, I was six for six. Um, yeah, and there, and 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 there's no way to to verify that. You know, which I got the excellent. notes. I got the notes here. <laughs> I got the notes. Somewhere they'll be posted on our website. Yeah, I'm not sure. Hold on, they're somewhere around here. I got them. No, but trust me, uh, trust me. I was able to. Uh, I was able to go six for six. You know, in the immortal words of Donald Trump, it was a perfect prediction. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it, man. It is the 92nd running of the yep. Academy Awards. Um, the 92nd iteration. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm going to be honest with you. I saw no movies over the course of uh, 2020. Well, we're only uh, uh, 2019. Days in the 2019. <laughs> I, saw, I saw zero movies over 2019. And then when you got in touch and said, hey, we got the Oscar special coming up, I did a little work and I dug in. Yeah. And I want to say that I have seen three of the Oscar-nominated movies. Well, if there are three of the ones I didn't see, then we're done. We got everything covered. All right, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. 
You want to start with, uh, where do we usually start? We said- well, I'm on the Oscars website, the nominees, and the first nominee they start out with is supporting actor. Uh, no, supporting leading actor. But we shouldn't do that. We should do, I think we should do just like the Oscars do. We should do the supporting actor and actress first. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So uh, performance by an actor, and here's, here's, here's how we'll do it, um, is that I'm gonna, I'll run through them. Okay. You give me your feedback on on what you've seen. Then you give me your pick, and then I'll give you my pick. How's that? Okay, gonna, that's fine. I'm going to kind of rely on you here. I'm going to lean on uh, on your cinematic chops. Uh, so the performance by an actor in a supporting role. Uh, Tom Hanks in a, Be- a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I did love Tom Hanks's. Is this how you wanted it to go? You want yeah. me to, or you want to go through it all first? Let me let me go through it all first. Yeah, to get yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. in case they they're not they haven't been following along. Uh, yeah, since the since the nominations came out. So Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uh, Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes. Yep. Al Pacino in The Irishman. Joe Pesci in The Irishman, and Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What do you got? All right. I have seen A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Okay. Yes, and it is a tearjerker. It gets you right there. And Tom Hanks is great at playing, you know, Mr. Rogers. So is it a, it's a, is it a biopic? It's, it's based on, yeah, it's sort of like a bio. It was based on an article. Uh, that a profile, a guy that wrote this profile about Mr. Rogers, the guy that's actually just, you know, gets credit for the screenwriter, you know? Okay. It's kind of a fictionalized version of his process of meeting Mr. Rogers and writing this profile. I think it was for Esquire. Okay. I believe it might have been. And, and, and I have it saved in my reading list on my phone to read it one day. <laughs> <laughs> like he was just supposed to do some little BS thing. Instead, it ended up being, you know, a 10,000 word like cover story about Mr. Rogers, you know? Okay. And it's, and it's like his relationship and learning to deal, like Mr. Rogers helping him deal with his issues, like with his father and stuff, you know? And it was great. Like, Tom Hanks was great, but by the same token, I think there are other worthy, I think there's other worthy nominees in this field, and I don't think he, he's going to get it for just for the fact that, you know, he did a good job of impersonating Mr. Rogers. Fair you know enough. what I'm saying? Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, The Two Popes. Uh. Haven't seen it. Two Popes is on. I have it on my list of Netflix. Still haven't watched it. I'm too much into the new Pope, the HBO show. I can't have my Pope's crisscross. Okay. Well, I didn't realize there's there's a lot of uh, papal drama. Out yeah, there people to love from. the Pope. All right, okay. the Pope is hot. Um, I blame it on Francis. The Irishman. The Irishman. I did watch that. It took a good two days to watch it. Um, I mean, this can go for whenever. I think it's nominated as one of the best pictures. So I believe it was, um, who was it? Colin Quinn that tweeted something to the effect of, 
the great thing about that makes the Irishman better than Goodfellas was whereas Goodfellas just cut to the action, you know. Uh, the Irishman left in all those parts where they were driving and checking in the hotels. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Listen, I will tell you this. I'll tell you this. Um, I love Goodfellas, right? We were reared yeah. as young adults on, on Goodfellas. Yeah. Uh, it was a staple of every late night movie watching binge that we didn't make it more than 15 minutes into the movie before passing out. Yep. And when it came on, when, when it was released, I thought, all right, I'll watch that. When I get around to it. Yep. I've not gotten around to it. And I don't know if I have it on my radar in the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's just, you know, at first, I, you know, I was like, I'll have to go see a theater. But I was like, but the thing that kept discouraging me was that it's so long. And I'm like, if I can find time in a weekend to do it, it's not something I can go see like on a Tuesday night because it's going to eat up four hours of your life. You know, and you know how hard it is to do anything four hours straight on a work day, you know? Yeah. It's, so I was like, I don't want to do that. What, am I going to go waste 10 bucks to be nodding off in a theater? So, but I eventually I did get around to watching it, like, probably in December sometime. And it, I think I might have done it over Thanksgiving break. Did you ever. split it up? I, I had heard that there's a... Yeah, I a, split it up. There's, a, there's a, a, a natural delineation in the story line. That lets you kind of watch it in mini series fashion. Yeah, I didn't do it like that. What I did was because when I decided to start watching it, the problem was it was a certain time of night where I was like, oh, well, if I watch this whole thing, I'll be up to one thirty in the morning. So I knew I didn't want to do that. But I was like, I got to carve out time to watch it, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I was like, all right, I'll commit about an hour and a half, hour 45 minutes tonight, you know? So I got that far in and I found kind of I found kind of a natural, I was like, all right, enough of the story's been told here that I can cut it off, you know, and then I'll watch the next night, you know, and I'll say this much, Al Pacino was great as Jimmy Hoffa, you know, um, although the funny thing is, you know, uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't know the most about Jimmy Hoffa other than what you know from pop culture and, you know, pop entertainment, you know. Because Jimmy Hoffa has been such a character of conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but one part is like a lot of stuff with Jimmy Hoffa kind of seems like you almost feel kind of sad for him, <laughs> you know, which is kind of weird. Yeah. You know, he seems almost like a sympathetic figure a lot, you know, but, but Al Pacino was great at capturing him. Joe Pesci, you know, I mean, it was nice to actually see Joe Pesci given a role with some heft, you know, other than just being like the the wiseacre friggin' mobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what he's been most of his career. He's been typecast as like, you know, once he did Goodfellas, you know, it was like, oh, let's just have a caricature of that guy doing a hundred different things, you know? Uh, lawyer in a southern town. 
Yeah, yeah, and it and it sucks because Joe Pesci like basically retired from acting. This was his first role in a long time, and that's probably wise because he was just getting typecast and shit, you know. Yeah, and it kind of sucks. It's like, well, this is what you missed, you know. You could have been friggin' having him like like over Christmas or New Year's Eve. Like on Netflix, I watched Raging Bull, and Joe Pesci's in that. And it's like before he was as well known, you know, and he's allowed to actually be like a regular actor, not um, not friggin' stereotypical Guido character, you know? Yeah. So you know, so if if either if if the award for this had to go to one of these guys, I would hope it would go to Joe Pesci, you know. But with that being said, let's get to Brad Pitt. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I, I did. I'm going to I'm I'm going to uh hold off okay. on providing you with with Yeah, my we're reaction talking about the actual it, movie. But yeah. I did see it. Okay. Uh that was Brad Pitt's movie. That was Brad Pitt's story. Even though he's the supporting actor, a lot of that shit was around Brad Pitt, you know? Yeah. And I feel confident saying Brad Pitt's winning that Oscar. So only having seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood out of these four, uh, I'm obviously biased, but um, Brad Pitt, in my opinion, was the uh, he deserves to win? He, yeah, he kind of owned the movie. He was the second best character in the movie, and he stole all of the scenes that he was in, with the exception yeah. of who I believed was the star of the movie. Ooh. Ooh, we gotta, we have to wait till we get to the best picture to find out. We have to wait till we get to the best picture to find uh, out. Okay, yeah, I mean he, you know, it was like basically his story, everything about it, you know, it, which is kind of interesting. Plus, the other thing is, the other thing besides Beautiful Day Neighborhood, the other three nominees are all in Netflix movies. So, okay, yeah. this what is I have not been following along enough to have a educated opinion on this. So I'm going to rely a little bit on you. What, what's the reaction in Hollywood to, I'll just call it non-traditional movie making? Well, I know Roma won the best, or at least best director. Did it win best picture list? No, it didn't win best no. picture. It won best director, right? Yes. Yeah, Clarone. And that was a Netflix movie. I know that kind of counted against it in the best picture category was that was a Netflix movie. You know? Okay. Because there's that whole struggle between friggin' the the classic movie going, you know, because that's a you know, and stuff that goes straight to Netflix. Uh so like what's happening now, thing is Netflix has all this money. So they're throwing money where the studios aren't giving the money, which is why The Irishman, the reason The Irishman was a Netflix movie is because, you know, Scorsese's like, well, we want to do all this CGI and age 
changing, you know, you, you, I'm sure you heard about that or read about that, about the whole thing of like the, um, uh, the aging computerization stuff and de-aging process, like making De Niro and Pesci and Pacino all look younger at certain parts of the movie. Yeah. So it was like, this movie's going to cost a hundred something million dollars, you know, and studios like, Oh, we're not going to pay that. But Netflix is like, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll produce it, you know, because they know, you know, they're going to get loads of people watching on Netflix, you know? So they, so they produced it and it was like, well, put out the theater for like a month or so just so you can get nominated for the awards. And then it goes to that. But I do think there are a lot of people that still, even though it's Scorsese, even though it's Pacino, that are still going to hold that against it. Okay. You know? And The Two Popes was a Netflix movie, too. Like, I don't even know if it was ever out in the New Orleans market, the theater. You know? I know it was in the theater, probably in the theaters in New York and Boston, LA, and Chicago and big cities like that, you know? And that's been the that's kind of been the mo for these movies. They'll do a limited release in a in a major city for a limited run, and then be a Netflix movie from that point on. Yeah, they'll do it to be like yeah to qualify for the awards. Okay. All right. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, I, and the other thing is, Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood, Hollywood and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's another thing. Brad Pitt has gone for him. Uh, just real quick, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run from uh, from 1990 on. Uh, Goodfellas, uh, My Cousin Vinny, Leo Getz from Lethal Weapon, yeah, Lethal Weapon movies, Carmine from Bronx Tale, uh, Nicky Santoro in Casino, Tommy in Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, <laughs> Joe Walters in uh, Gone Fishing, uh, then Leo Getz yeah. again in uh, Lethal Weapon Four. And then he disappears for almost 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... Yeah, he, he, he basically retires, you know? And I think, I think I read one of the reasons he did retire was because he was getting bored of playing the same shit, basically. Yeah, you know? basically that's the same character. Yeah. The same character. Yeah, he's always, he's, he's always comic relief. All right. So, yeah. um... So we're in the books, Brad Pitt, Once yep, Upon a Time Brad in Hollywood, Pitt. best uh, performance by an actor in a supporting role. Uh, all right, let's move on to the ladies, performance by an act, uh, performance by an actress in a supporting role. Okay. Uh, Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell. Laura Dern in A Marriage Story. Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit. Florence Pugh in Little Women. And Margot Robbie and Bombshell. Okay. I have seen two of those movies. Okay. I saw Richard Jewell with Kathy Bates. And yes, she was really good playing Richard Jewell's mom. You know, um, like it kind of like the whole idea, like that's the thing. Richard Jewell was the profile of the time is that he was some mama's boy, but like there was more to the relationship than that. Right. You know, and she's good at exposing that and showing, you know, the, the relationship they had, you know, it was, you know, I mean, she's good. exposing. it was more, you know, he, Richard Jewell kind of lived with her more for her than for himself, you know? 
Uh, I did not see Marriage Story, which is another like Netflix movie. Uh, it's supposed to be great. I have it on my list. But like I say, it's not in the theaters, but it is another one of those Netflix movies. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, I did see. I love Jojo Rabbit. It's it's a black, it's a dark comedy about Hitler. You know, I, I don't know if you know anything about Jojo Rabbit. I do, I do, and yes. and um, it's a movie that I will see. I just yeah, never you got should around see it because it's hilarious, sweet, and dramatic all at once. You know, the um, I listened to a podcast with the uh, Washington Post film critic Ann Horn today. Okay, and she just raved about this movie yeah and people couldn't get their head around it you know the the you know the standard um you know the standard fallback line is uh you lost me at hitler yeah which is stupid because like i remember the first time i ever saw the original producers i was probably like in high school late at night and it came on and and i just thought that was hilarious you know and I go with what they had a thing about um, Tawidi, what's his, the guy who directed who also plays Hitler, you know, on CBS Sunday oh, morning. Right, 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 right. You know, and he got like Mel Brooks, like got in touch with him, you know, because Mel Brooks did the producers. And, and I believe he's Jewish too, you know? Um, and the whole idea is like clowning Hitler, you know, you own it, yes, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and that was always like Mel Brooks' thing. It's like they lose their power when you when you show how ridiculous it is. Like when the first time I ever saw the producers that movie, uh, you know, when I watched that, that's one of the funniest scenes in movie history. When the when they finally it's the premiere of the musical Springtime for Hitler. Right, right. And they come out and do the number, and you're and everybody in the audience is just like. <laughs> you know, but their jaws dropped, and then as it goes on, they all start laughing. You know, right? Like the, then when they go into the next act, you know, yeah, like it, it's and it, and they own it the same way in this movie. You know, it's like showing how preposterous all the Hitler stuff was. You know, and the little kids like he's a true believer, he's a diehard, and all that. You know, but then it shows where it starts. You know, Hitler's his imaginary friend. And Hitler is like always giving him advice and telling him what he's got to do and stuff, you know. But through the movie, it starts morphing, and I'm gonna let you see it. So go and watch it. But his relationship, you know, all this stuff that he's believed, it starts morphing, and he starts realizing, and finally to the point, you know, that he totally comes around. It's so that's what I'm saying. How it's how it has. You know, the combination of the sweetness, the dark comedy, and also the drama. Uh, with that being said, I would not be against Scarlett Johansson winning the the Supporting Actress Award for this. And I think she will win it. Yeah. So, I hope that she wins it for, for a couple reasons. One, I like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Um... While I didn't see this movie, the front runner for this particular award is Laura Dern in Marriage Story. She is she is a yeah. prohibitive favorite, as they say. Yeah. And I just can't st- 
stomach. That movie winning? Or, in particular, Laura Dern winning for that role? Let me guess. That's one of the three movies you saw? Yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) How did you guess? (laughs) Because I figured you just didn't have a... (laughs) It'd be very weird if you were just against Marriage Story for no other reason. (laughs) Now, when it came on Netflix and I saw it... Is that where you watched it? Yeah, I saw it on I saw it on Netflix and and I was like I want to see this movie. And I um was flipping through Netflix with Bernadette and at one point we were kind of going okay, I give that a thumbs up, I give that a thumbs up, I give that a thumbs up and then, you know, you you rotate back and and make a choice. So two or three yep. cycles on two or three different occasions I had nominated marriage story as my choice and each time her response was i don't want to watch a movie about divorce i pick something else i said okay that is fair enough and then at some point i just i think i just wore her down there's only so many times that you can vote no to the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So it was, I think maybe it was a late Sunday or maybe a late Saturday afternoon. I put up Marriage Story for um, my vote. And I don't know if she just acquiesced or if she wasn't paying attention or I snuck it through without a veto. But. We ended up watching Marriage Story, and nobody was a better person after that movie. I was pissed because other than Scarlett Johansson, the performances, and I don't know, maybe I'm biased. I don't know how I feel about Adam Driver. I want to like him, but everything I watch, I'm like, I hate this guy. <laughs> and, and I think he's got chops, right? He's got acting yeah, chops. He does. But I don't know what it was. It just did the whole movie didn't sit right with me. I thought it was overacted. Uh, I thought they, um, you know, they relied on too much raw motion to motive to to move the story along it basically it was just a couple that deteriorated on screen see and that you say that i mean even though like a guy who's my age is never married he's like oh that's such a great movie i was like all right well i've never watched it because as a single man who's never been married in his middle age like, the last thing I think I'm interested in is watching a story about a couple whose relationship falls apart. So, by almost, almost, uh, uh, instinct, I, I think I was drawn to it by instinct. Okay. Almost a, a social experiment 
in you know yeah. over the last five years I'd be drawn to 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 those uh, types of movies. Yeah, I completely understand. You know, and that's the difference between you know the different life experiences. And and I don't think that I've necessarily aged out of that process. Right. Yeah. Just as much I haven't aged out of processes, uh, pro- uh, aged out of 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 enjoying a good college buddy story. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, this, it just to me, I think it relied on some tricks yeah. to make it manipulating. Yes. The viewer, basically. Exactly. Exactly. I I thought they did a good enough job acting because yeah. they pulled you into it but i th- i kind of felt cheated i felt like you used a you know used a cheap ploy to get me there and, yeah, yeah, yeah and then burnett was crying because it's a sad movie yeah and so there's no winner yeah it's saturday yeah, night i mean and, and like I don't know. It seems kind of like not a great movie to watch with somebody who you're interested in. You know, it's like, you, you get what I'm saying. It's like, it's like before you go ride a motorcycle, going to see a movie about a guy who learns to ride a motorcycle and then gets killed on it or something. You, <laughs> know? Good, you know what? That's a good point. I never thought of that. <laughs> I thought maybe. Like, oh, this is what could happen to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shoot. I never thought about that. That. That somebody you're dating might not want to watch a movie about a uh, a couple breaking up. All right, fair enough, man. Where were you three yeah. weeks ago, dude? <laughs> yeah, you should have called me. I would have said, "Go see Uncut Gems." <laughs> so, as much as it pains me, I think Laura Dern uh, is going to win. But I, 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 I hope. Yeah, Scarlett she's Johansson. the favorite. Yeah, she's the favorite. But I hope Scarlett Johansson because I also think. We know Scarlett Johansson's nominated for Best Actress for Marriage Story. So. Which is why I, I saw a thing with the guy on TV this morning, the local guy talking about that. And that's what he was handicapping, I think. You know, because Marriage Story is, you know, that, that she won't win this because of Laura Dern. But she's, you know, and also splits votes since she's nominated in two categories. So let's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a... Uh... It's uh it's a um what's what was Leinert's name? Who's that? Leinert, the quarterback. Matt Leinert. Matt Leinert. It's a Matt Leinert situation where uh the Oklahoma guys split Yeah, yeah. Split the vote. Um yep. two thousand four Heisman Trophy for those of you keeping score at home. All right, so let's let's get there. Yep. Performances by an actress in a leading role. Yeah. Uh Cynthia Arrivo in Harriet. Yep. Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. Circe Ronan in Little Women. Charlize Theron in Bombshell. And Renee, I can't ever say that. Renee Zellweger in Judy. All right. So, you see any of those? I saw Judy. Oh, interesting. Because my dad, while a self-professed heterosexual man, (laughs) loves Judy Garland. (laughs) God bless him. So, so, like, 
I think it's when they did a story on CBS Sunday morning several months ago. My mom got in touch with me and she's like, uh, she's like, your father wants you to bring him to see the Judy Garland movie. You know, I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay. Because he knows I go to movies and, yeah, my mom doesn't want to go to movies with my dad. Right, right. <laughs> I was like, I'll bring him. So we went to see it. And the funny thing is, I always knew my dad loved Judy Garland, you know? Right. Like he, like, he loves The Wizard of Oz and all that, you know? And then, of course, the movie, it talks about her. You know, they have a couple of characters, you know, who are just basically, there's no evidence that these guys actually existed, even though it's a biopic, you know, based on, like, her last, these performances she did in London not long before she passed away. Um, but, you know, it touches on her relationship with homosexual with the homosexual community and afterwards say to my dad he's like yeah he's like yeah they always love it but i don't get it you know my dad's like you know yeah he's he he's a homophobe you know right but right. he loves judy garland you know? at any point during the movie did he stand up and say hey i didn't know this was about frankie valley <laughs> no he did not do that there was no Oh, <laughs> no eureka moment halfway through the movie. No aha moments. Yeah, yeah. That was still the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. He knew it was about Judy Garland, but he's like, I don't get why, you know, uh, you know, but I, that just goes to show you, like, his his sense of empathy. He doesn't, like, after watching the Judy Garland movie, he doesn't, he still doesn't understand, even though he kind of. Spell it out. I've looked it up before. You know why yeah. they love Judy Garland. It's kind of they kind of see themselves in her because she is like a tragic figure. You know, there's a lot of you know whatever. I'm not going to get into it here. But Renee Zellweger was really like she looked like friggin' Judy Garland. She she must have lost a shit ton of weight for it because she was skeletal like Judy Garland. Even you know, with Judy the Garland uh... was all. Even with the bad plastic surgery and everything? Yeah, yeah. Because Judy Garland was a effed up person, you know? Yeah. Well, and she's kind of got this squint on her face the whole time, you know? Like the Judy Garland look. It, the plastic surgery actually kind of helps. Because if you ever see films of Judy Garland from like the 60s, you know, she always had this look on her face. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Um, but with that being said, Renee Zellweger is not winning this award because that movie came out several months ago and no one's even talking about it other than when it came out, you know? Um, I definitely did not see Bombshell because I am so sick of all political BS and I don't need to see a movie about Fox News, (laughs) you know? Um, And I didn't see Marriage Story, but we don't need to talk about that um, because you just went on about that (laughs) for a while. Uh, even though Scarlett Johansson probably, she's probably a better favorite. I know ha- Cynthia Revo's Harriet Tubman, so maybe there's a chance she wins. But I'm going to go with Saoirse Ronan. And this is her fourth nomination for an Oscar, and she hasn't won yet. And I think she's going to win for this. I haven't seen Little Women. I'm not averse to seeing Little Women. You know, if I would have had time, I would have gone to see it before this. I just didn't have time. Um, but but I'll say this much. I like Saoirse Ronan, you know? So, and I liked her in Lady Bird. And I know uh, 
Greta Gerwig directed Little Women as well as Lady Bird, so I'm sure she's great in it. So I'm going with Saoirse, Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan is 25 years old, and this is her fourth Academy Award nomination. What were you doing yeah. at 25? <laughs> Slinging <laughs> pizza. Not mastering my craft, <laughs> that's for sure, man. Unbelievable, dude. I also yeah. And that uh, first nomination was a long time ago, Memento. Uh what was it? Memento, I believe, was her first nomination. Um The Guy Pierce movie? Yeah, I believe that was her first nomination. What? What did she play in that? Let's see. Let's see. Oh, Atonement. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. 2007. 2007, though. Age 13. Yeah. What is that even about, Atonement? I never saw it. It's a romantic war drama. Okay, all right. Got oh, with Bender and uh, Bender Butch Cumper face. Uh, Kira Knightley, James McAvoy, Brenda Plesson. But I did see Brooklyn, and Brooklyn was really damn good. Did you ever see Brooklyn? No, no. But yeah, it's about her, like as the Irish immigrant. You know, it's that's a that's a solid movie. Yeah, she's top notch. She's got to win, right? Yeah, I think she's got to win. I think she's got to win because, well, for one, this is the fourth damn time she's been nominated. You know, she's got to freaking win. She could have easily won for Lady Bird that year. Um, you know, Lady Bird was another movie that I thought was great, you know. Uh, who did win that year? I think I predicted the. Oh, yeah, I did predict that. Francis McDormand won for three billboards. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I think Sersha gets it this time around. I agree. I agree. And good for her. And maybe eventually I'll see Little Women. Yeah. All right. Now let's go to the gentleman. Yes, the gentleman. It's like Wimbledon, huh? Uh, Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory. Can't even tell you what that's about. <laughs> I think he plays a sword fighting cat. Perhaps. I don't, I'm not exactly Wasn't sure. that the Puss in Boots? Oh, that's right. That was the Puss in Boots uh, Shrek spinoff. That's right. I get confused. Yeah. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. Uh, Adam Driver in Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, and Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. Uh, so, obviously, you didn't see Pain and Glory. You've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, you have not seen The Two Popes, and we're starting to run out of movies that you have seen, so I'm going to guess that The Joker is on your list. I have seen Joker, and I think Joaquin Phoenix is prohibitive favorite. And I think he's going to win. Yeah. Apparently now playing the Joker gets you an Oscar anyway. But the Joker was, you know, it it didn't have to be a comic book movie, basically. Because it's not really a comic book movie. Right. You know, but Joaquin Phoenix, he hasn't won anything yet. He hasn't won an Oscar yet. But he'll win it for this. You know, 
He is damn good, and he is damn creepy. Did you see the Joker? I did Probably see the not. Joker. You did see the Joker. Yes, I did. Good, we can talk. Yes, let's talk. I uh, liked the Joker. Mm-hmm. I liked the Joker. Yes. But I'm, I'm always very hesitant to buy into the hype of this type of movie, which is... You know, it's the actor being more method than method can handle. It's super dark. You know, it's a it's a pop culture subject or a pop culture character taken to a new level. Like all those things seem great, but they bring out oh almost the worst in 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 critics or viewers. Or fans, because there's yeah. so much to hang your hat on. And at the end of the day, I thought it was a great performance in in a great movie. Yeah, but it was just the movie. Yeah, but it's a it's a Martin Scorsese movie from forty years ago. Uh, how so? You know, it's the tax dr- taxi oh, driver taxi driver. Universe. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. And, and like King. Uh oh. Yeah. What's going on? No, here? You're here. Did you're you go good. landscape on me? No, you're good. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know I'll... what that is. Um. It's the it's the taxi driver. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the Martin Scorsese world of his. Friggin' late seventies movies, his mid late seventies films, or early eighties, because I think King of Comedy was early eighties, you know. But it's all along the same. It's that same gritty, friggin' the low point of New York City, even though it's Gotham, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, listen, it was a great movie, and he did he did yeah. a great job, and I love him. Who? Christian Bale. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. Well, Heath, Heath Ledger won an Oscar for playing Joker. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just talking about like actors of this generation. Oh, who immerse themselves. Yeah, I mean, who does it better than Joaquin Phoenix? Maybe Christian Bale? Yeah, I, I, I mean, now that Daniel Day-Lewis is basically retired, it's like Christian Bale and Joaquin Phoenix are the two most committed method guys around, I think. And 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 they make you. They pull you in. Yeah, they, they pull you in. There's not a movie that that they're in that I don't enjoy. I could watch um, the Big Short every single time it's on. Yeah, because, I mean I can't. Although I enjoyed it, but Christian Bale was damn good. Yeah, he you know? you know he makes you believe he's got a glass eye. It's yeah. you know that that I mean to that extent. Um, and I put I put Joaquin Phoenix right up there. I loved Joaquin Phoenix in uh, what was the what was the the mockumentary documentary? Oh yeah, I know the one you're talking about. The one where and he went on friggin' Letterman in that character. Yes. Yeah. I, what do I love more than anything else? Inside joke that only the participants get 
that's being broadcast to the world. And if you don't get it, okay, yeah. that's fine. You're not meant yep. to get it, but if you get it, yeah, even better. But if yeah. you don't get it, that's See, fine. it's so inside that I wasn't even sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, when he did that movie, uh, filmography. Who did he do that with? Who was it? I want to say Ben Stiller. Yeah. I'm still here. Right. Oh, Casey Affleck. Yeah. It's Casey yeah, Casey Affleck. Affleck. He was the director, yeah. Yeah. Um, brilliant. It, it was just, it was great. And at the end of it, it was just kind of like a mic drop and he walked away from it. Like it, there wasn't a big reveal. There wasn't a big, Oh, we got it. Oh, that joke. Everybody understands it or you don't understand it. Or yeah. we're so smart. They just, they did it and then they were done. Yeah. I, I thought it was brilliant. I love that. I love that. So I, I appreciate Joaquin Phoenix. I, I hope he wins. He's never won before. Yeah. Um, I, and he's not really up against much. Yeah, I mean, like, Leo's not going to win. Adam Driver might be a threat. Uh, Jonathan Price, he's got the British factor. But is he British? I think he is. He seems huh. British. They love those type of people. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's Welsh. All right. There you go. CBE. Um, yes. But but I think it's Joaquin's to win. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Joaquin's to lose, and he's not going to lose it. Antonio Banderas, that's not even an issue. So Adam, Joaquin's winning this one. Adam Driver would have a chance if the voters said, you know what? The only way somebody can be this big of a douche is if they per, they gave the acting performance of their lifetime. Yeah. But I don't know. The reputation Adam Driver has, it's like, which side of the line is he on? Was that a performance of, eight, of the ages, or was he just kind of being himself? Yeah. I think he's got a little bit of a reputation of being, you know, a little bit difficult to be around. Yeah, I mean, I know he walked out on that NPR interview, you know, that rubbed people the wrong way. And and I think he's just intense, and I think that, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's you're an actor, man. You know? So that's, I was torn because the, the. the, the performance that he gave, the character that he had, was just way, way too much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it didn't sit right. It just didn't sit right. So if there is competition for Joaquin Phoenix and it is Adam Driver, I hope that, that I hope even more so that Joaquin Phoenix wins. This will allow me to editorialize a little bit. Like we were talking about Jonathan Price, his threat because of his Britishness. Yes, yes. <laughs> it reminds like when they gave that Oscar to Eddie Redmayne for playing Stephen Hawking over Michael Keaton. And it's like, come on, Eddie Redmayne is like 27 years old. He's going to be nominated another 50 times. 
you know, this is Michael Keaton's show. Right. You know, it's right. just like, that's the type of bullshit that the, because these voters, they like to think of themselves. Oh, well, it's the craft, the craft. But the other side of it, because I was reading an article about the people that vote them. A lot of people are people that might have been nominated or won some award 50 years ago who you never heard of in your life. And they're just kind of sad, lonely people. And they won't vote for people like who they view as comedic actors and shit. Right. Which is what I'm sure killed Michael Keaton. Because like, oh, Mr. Mom, why are we going to give him an award now? <laughs> you know, which is what is horse shit about the Academy Awards. Yes. But, but I digress. Well, no, I don't digress because we're doing Best Actor. With that being said, that's why friggin' Adam Sandler's not nominated. No one even knows what Pain and Glory is. Easily could have put Adam Sandler in there, give him a, a nominee, nomination. But no, because Adam Sandler makes crappy comedy movies, you know? It's like, we're not going to recognize him actually being a good actor in a good movie that people think is great. We're going to give it, we're going to give the nomination to some other people just because, you know, that's what we view ourselves more as the guy who made Jack and Jill can't possibly make a great movie or yeah. give a great performance. Yeah. And the funny thing is he went like on Howard, like the week before the nominations came out, which probably sealed his fate. And he said, if I don't get nominated, I'm going to go make a movie. I'm going to go make a movie so much worse than I've ever made before or something to that effect. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he can do it because he's got a huge Netflix deal. Right. He can make anything he wants. Yeah. And the reason he has such a huge Netflix deal is because when his movies are still coming out the theater, you know, they weren't making that much money in the theaters anymore. But when Netflix realized they were getting some of their highest viewed movies were Sandler films. So they inked them to a deal uh, to give them content. And it was because, like, basically, who is the Sandler audience? It was people, like, in our age. Yeah. You know, and those people were, they were reaching middle age. They were raising families. Those people don't go to the movies so much. You know, they they definitely don't get to go to movies by themselves to go see Sandler films, but they can sit at home and watch them. And then last year, I saw at the end of the year in December, that one that he made for Netflix, it was like Murder Mystery or something uh, with, with Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston. Yeah. That was like the most viewed friggin' single program on Netflix last year. No shit. Yeah, it was either the most or the second most or whatever right, it was, right. you know? And that's why Sandler can go and make all the shitty movies he wants because people are going to still keep downloading because Sandler's got an audience. You know? Amen. Yeah. So I'm all for Adam Sandler. I mean, he's in my wheelhouse, you know? I mean, I was in high school when he was on SNL. I was a freshman when he came and played, you know, Goldstein Auditorium and The Shine. You know? Like, Adam Sandler's always going to have a spot in my heart. So, I mean, I was sitting there ripping bong hits, listening listen to Adam Sandler CDs as an 18-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, good times, man. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, we're both on, we're both on, uh, on the same Joaquin. page. Joaquin. Um, <sighs> so, that gets us through all of the actors. 
<laughs> I was acting. Uh, <laughs> Remember that one? John Lovitz, John Master Lovitz. Thespian? Oh, yeah. Yes. Classic. I was, he was on SNL a couple weeks ago. Doing what? Who? They had him playing. Who did he play? Oh, he was Dershowitz on the opening, the cold opening of SNL. Huh. It was the impeachment thing, and they had him out there as Dershowitz. <laughs> uh, I was uh, like, oh, good to see they dug John Lovitz out. All right, so uh, basically what we've got left is is um, motion picture uh, and um, director. Yes, yes. I guess we should do best director next, since that's what they would do at the um, at the Oscars, right? And, and they say best picture for for the last. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's the biggest uh, award of the night. So, uh, director achievement, achievement, film editing. Directing. Achievement in directing. Okay, here we go. Um, The Irishman, Martin Scorsese. Joker, Todd Phillips. 1917, Sam Mendes. Okay. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino. And Parasite, Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho. So you've seen The Irishman, you've seen Joker. You've seen 1917. Yes, I have seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Have you seen Parasite? Yes, I saw it last uh, two weeks ago. So here we go. This is a this is a true analysis. This this doesn't get any more honest than this. All right. Um, Here's my question. Here's my question. I don't. I'm not. I don't even. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna proffer a, uh, a a a selection here. I'm just. I'm gonna ask you some questions, and I'm gonna let sure, you go tell me it. who's gonna win. All right. How does the? It's a two part question. How do the voters distinguish between the best picture and best director? And how do you? Use one to signify the success or or lack of success of the other. Um, I mean, sometimes I think they split the baby. Okay, is that more common than not? I can't. I think it is. I mean, occasionally you have the movies that sweep everything, you know. Um, but like, you know, last year definitely I believe was the. Um, splitting of the baby sort of thing. Okay. You know, like like Roma, they didn't want to give the best picture because it was Netflix, so they gave Quarone best director. You know? Um but that I mean that obviously doesn't always hold up because I think um it was the year before with you know I think best director and best picture were both for Shape of Water. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which I disagreed with because I thought it should have been Three billboards should have been best picture, but I digress. Um, so I mean, rarely do you see somebody get a directing nod without getting a best picture nod. Um, but the interesting thing is, where they have ten nominees for best picture, correct? Yeah, which is 
which is too much as far as I'm concerned. But but I digress. So the famous, in in, in my mind, the, the 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 famous directorial snub was Argo. Right? Argo wins Best Picture. Uh, ben Affleck doesn't win Best Director. Was that how it went? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's one that stands out. Or obviously somebody else yeah. won Best Director. Yeah. Um, I think. See, I'm I'm edging towards hedging towards. Uh, well, Bong Joon Ho won the Golden Globe for Best Director. Okay. For Parasite. Uh, it might be his moment. You know, I don't think it's going to get the best picture, though. Uh, I did see it, but and it is really good, but you're doing a lot of reading when you <laughs> see it. Okay. <laughs> because it's, you know, it's a Korean movie. Right. Uh, and I saw one other movie he did years ago. That was, that was 2013, because I looked it up the other day. But that actually was an American. There was a an English language film, which was like his first English language film. It was a movie called Snowpiercer with Chris Evans and Tilda Swinton in it, which I actually enjoyed. But, but Parasite was a, was a crazy movie. You know, the first half of it's all like a comedy, but then it just goes on to, you know, it goes off the deep end, you know. Um, Sam Mendes, you know, like that's, that one I could understand. Uh, it's efficient, I'll say. And what I mean, efficient, it's less than two hours, and it's a war movie. It's a British war movie. Yeah. And so often the urge is for people to make these movies needlessly long, right? Which is one of my biggest pet peeves. But like, basically, the thing that's revolutionary about 1917. The whole movie, save for maybe a couple of scenes, is one tracking shot. Right. You know? Which is why, you know, which is why one of the reasons I think he might get, I think, did 1917 win the Golden Globe? I don't know if it won the Golden Globe or not. Um, And then the other one that I don't really think the Irishman, you know, Scorsese, yeah. they gave him his best director a few years when he made Shutter Island, right? Is that what he got for? Yeah. What did he get for the, the yeah, okay. Um, uh, so I don't think. 1917, uh, Golden Globe, best motion picture, director, and original score. Yeah, okay. So Parasite won the best pictures. I don't know, because they have multiple categories at, because they break them up into like comedies and stuff at Golden Globe, right? Like comedies and musical, which is a real overarching, right, right. <laughs> real liberal uh, term, will be a different category than like drama at the Golden Globes. But um, but the the wild card in here is Quentin Tarantino, in my opinion, and this. I honestly don't know what the favorites are for this. I mean, because I don't look at that. You you might be looking at, you listen to a podcast. Who do they say the favorites are? Um, so for best uh, director, 
um, it's a split. It's a split. The um, a lot of people think it's it's Quentin Tarantino's time. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking because this is the thing. Every time Tarantino makes a movie, like, well, he said he's only making this many movies, and this is now this number. You know, the other issues. Is I don't think they really love Quentin Tarantino. You know, I mean, he won very early on in his career, but um, like he won, what did he get? Screenplay for Pulp Fiction or something like that? Um, but like, I kind of think if he, if they liked him more, he would have won before, you know? Uh, but yes, screenplay. I, th- I think they're running out of chances to give him an award you know i i agree so yeah so but but the other side of that is i think once upon a time in hollywood might be the best picture winner this year but like i'm saying i don't know what the handicapping is what what was the split you said you said the split was quentin tarantino and what was the other uh sam mendez sam mendez yeah yeah so here's but, what without without giving you a I promised I wasn't wasn't going to handicap this. But without giving you a pick, I will tell you this that either Sam Mendez will win best director and 1917 will win best film or it gets shut out. I don't yeah. I don't think I don't think that that they split that because uh, there's something there's something having to do with the, no film has won a director and a film of the year without also winning best editing or something along those lines and because it's a single shot yeah it wasn't nominated for best editing yeah so either People are going to fall in love with it like they did with, um, what was the Bird movie? Birdman. Birdman. Is that right? Yes. Which won both. Yes. Or it gets- That's where Michael Keane got screwed out of his Oscar. Yes. yes, but it did win both. That thing was the big winner that night. Or it gets, or 1917. I think it's between 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And here's why. See? Okay, sorry. Go on. Here's if... Quentin Tarantino does win. He deserves it because he would have played the greatest joke on Hollywood by convincing everyone that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a good movie. (laughs) It's coming out. I have never... So are you going with Tarantino? No. You going with Mendes? I'm going for the no. Bong Joon Hoon. I'm going with Bong Joon Ho because, like, based on you telling me that there's that issue there, that means the vote's being split. And Bong Joon Ho is getting, you know, he won that Golden Globe. And I think it's kind of his moment because what I think is going to happen, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's going to win the best picture. But Go on with your editorializing about your distaste for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
the Do you want to get to best pictures first? Y- yes. Yes. All right. Let's So my final say is I'm gonna say I'm going with the upset Bong Joon Ho. All right. Very good. Right. I would not be surprised if Tarantino wins. I wouldn't be surprised if Bong Joon Jun Ho wins. I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Mendez wins. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those three people win, but I have to make a pick, so my pick's going to be Bong Joon Ho. There you go. All right. And I would not be surprised if either if you know either Sam Mendez or Quentin Tarantino won. And whatever, they'd both be worthy, in my opinion. But I'm going with Bong Joon-ho. But now to Best Picture. So, uh, 10 movies are nominated. Do, do they nominate 10 every year? No, it's, it's up to 10. Yeah, it's up to 10 for like the last, what, decade or whatever they started doing this. Okay. Uh, Ford vs. Ferrari, which looked interesting, but I did not see. It was... It was good, but I don't think it's best picture worthy. Uh, The Irishman. Yep. Jojo Rabbit. It's not going to win. Joker. Little Women. The aforementioned Marriage Story. 1917. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Parasite. Of these movies, I have seen Marriage Story, Joker, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. I've seen all but Little Women and Marriage Story. Um, Spoiler alert, Joe is a girl. Well, now I'm not going to go see it. You ruined that movie for me. Mind blown. Uh, (laughs) My pick, before we get into what you have to say, my pick is going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And sort of like the same philosophy about director. It's sort of the Quentin Tarantino thing. Coupled with, it's his time, coupled with the fact that it's a movie about friggin Hollywood from 50 years ago you know so I think it's gonna get people you know at, they love those movies you know so I think it's his time to get it and I think it's such a big production it was you know it was very Hollywoody. Y- you know what I'm saying yes like it was kind of made to win an Oscar yeah, and I think it will win the Oscar for Best Picture this year. Now. Yes. What I'm about to say does not discount the fact that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will probably win Best Picture. Because of all the movies that I saw, I think the cinematography in it was outstanding. The soundtrack, is. the costume, the yep. the way they just captured, he captured the, th- as a film, as an exercise in filmmaking. Yep. Maybe. Uh, m- Besides 
Pulp Fiction, which kind of like broke the mold in terms of movie viewing experience. But in terms of like a traditional exercise in filmmaking, camera angles, shots, you know, soundtrack, the whole deal. This, this I think is probably his best movie. From that perspective, I got to give him credit. And if that's what a movie gets rewarded for, and that's what a director should get rewarded for, then he should get rewarded. Yeah. But everything else, it was insufferable. I I sat there. How long was that movie? It was a two-hour movie. Yeah, it's almost three hours, I think. You're right. Yeah, it's almost three hours. And I sat there, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited for the payoff. And if it wasn't for that fucking dog, I would have written Netflix and told them I wanted my money back. Because that (laughs) dog not only saves the movie for me, but steals the show. Okay, that's your your thing. Friggin' um, Brad Pitt's dog. Brad Pitt was outstanding. And he kind of kept me in it. He kind of pulled me along. One, I'm inclined to like Brad Pitt to begin with because I kind of think... That whole scene when he's a mat, when he's reminiscing on the run-in with Bruce Lee, that was a, that was a phenomenal scene. It was great. Well, he's on, he's on, yeah. He was outstanding. He's on Rick's roof. You know, he's, he's basically his errand boy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's out, he's outstanding. And everything he does goes to save in the movie. But Tarantino, he just, you kind of wait for the payoff, and maybe because I know the story, right? Maybe because I know yeah. it's, it's, it's based on a historical event. Maybe I'm watching it with that slant on, okay, I'm interested in hearing the retelling of this story. And what he gives us yeah. is typical Tarantino, which is a reinvention or a reimagining of history. See, and this is where I differ with you. No one would care to see a huge Tarantino movie that friggin' is just a movie about straight up the murders of Sharon Tate. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I'm yeah. not saying that he should have done that. What I'm saying is that's I couldn't get over it. Yeah. If this was an if this was a made up story, first of all, uh, are we are we done with Margot Robbie yet? She's in that new, that stupid new. Well, she's nominated for an Oscar for that uh, bombshell movie, I think, isn't she? I, I feel like we can send Margot Robbie back. She's doing. She's in that movie that comes out tomorrow, Birds of Prey, which I have zero interest in seeing. It's it's um, you know Suicide Squad, 
yeah, the yeah, DC yeah. stuff. I'm a, I'm, I maybe, maybe I just have Margot Robbie fatigue. Maybe she's everywhere, but, and I'm kind of done hearing how awesome Margot Robbie is. Yeah, and I thought she was underwhelming in this as much as she's been underwhelming in in anything else I've seen her in. I don't think she had a whole lot to do in this. And, and maybe that was part of the problem? Maybe that was part of the problem? Yeah. I thought that maybe there was a lot of hype around I don't know where I thought that, but I thought this was you know, this was kind of uh, you know, that, that she had more of a, a focal she was more of a focal point in the movie or not. And I maybe I just kept waiting for her to do something. And I just kept waiting for something to happen. And it didn't happen. And then what ultimately happens is involves the one guy who I didn't need to win me over. And that's Brad Pitt. You know what I mean? You know yeah. when uh yeah. what's the um what's the the um oh Jamie Foxx, Leonardo DiCaprio, um the plantation movie. Oh, Django Unchained. Django Unchained, right? Yep. In that scene where like it's the big climactic fight in his house in uh in in DiCaprio's house. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like the slaughter. Yeah, with and Samuel Jackson, you know, is the Yeah, I talked about what was his name in the movie? Was it Robert? What was his name? Oh jeez. Yeah, the huge thing at the end and hit and it blows up as Jamie Foxx and Kerry Washington are walking away yes. or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a payoff there because yeah, because I waited for something to happen and the characters I didn't expect to be involved were involved. Yeah. kind of won me over, right? This, yeah, yeah. the one guy... The one guy who who already had me hooked, the one character who already had me hooked, has the payoff. So it doesn't. There's no added value to it for me. See, I view it differently. I mean, for one, you know, it's a wish fulfillment movie, basically. You know, because it's like. We wish this would have happened. You know, and then at the end, I thought about that. At the end, you remember, as it goes, right before it goes to credits, it's like once upon a time in Hollywood. You know, the whole point is it's a fairy tale. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's an imagining how much. And there was like an older lady sitting next to me in the theater the first time I saw it. And she was like, and she, and there were a lot of older people in there. And, and she was like, Oh, I just wish that would have happened that way, you know. And I think it kind of resonates. I think that's going to resonate with a lot of. I think it's going to resonate with a lot of the older voters too. But like your issue is the payoff. But I think that payoff for most people is pretty awesome. It's like because this is the alternative history that you wish would have happened, you know. 
It's like, what would the world be like, you know? See, I would have been okay. I would have been okay if if Margot Robbie comes out of the bedroom guns blazing or goes Kill Bill style on him or something. Well, that's the problem. I think that would have been Kill Bill style. But at least that would have been a character who who didn't have a payoff for me gives me a payoff and I'm like, all right, there it is. All right. You got me. Yeah. Yeah. The one guy I liked, one guy who gave a, uh, you know, a performance that I could, that I could get behind and the dog. Yep. Uh, you know, are kind of left to, you know, to kind of tie things I, up. I love the scene where he's in the, um, He's in that scene on the Western with the precocious child actress. Yes. And she, you know, and after he gives like this amazing performance or whatever, you know, like he's re, you know, he, you know, Rick is, you know, he, he has been rejuvenated, you know, for his craft, you know, and she whispers in his ear, that was the best acting I've seen in my whole life, you know, which is hilarious because she's like nine. Right. <laughs> Right, 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 right. <laughs> that was one of the best damn things. And it only connected with me last week because that show was on TV on Friday night. American Housewife, that's the that's the youngest daughter on that TV show. I was like, that's the girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> you know what it uh, left me feeling like? It left me feeling like Florida Project. Okay. You ever see that? Yeah, I did see it. Willem Dafoe's Willem Dafoe's didn't do. I loved Florida Project up until the last 90 seconds. And in that last scene, and then it fades to black and credits roll. Yeah, and it keeps you, and you're kind of in doubt. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I didn't invest this much time for this. I yeah. kind of felt like that with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Now, maybe I'll rewatch it. Maybe I'll rewatch it. Maybe I'll get it. I think you got to watch it with different eyes. Because, like, when I first saw it, like, see, it, it was when I saw it when, the, when that comes up, and I'm like, I kind of, to me, it was like, once upon a time, Hollywood's like, oh, now I get it. It's a fairy tale, you know. It's a, you know, the heroic stranger or whatever, you know. Like as opposed to walking in there, like this is a movie about Sharon Tate, you know. Yeah. Okay. Oh. All right. No. 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 You're right. You're right. Maybe it's not the movie's fault. Maybe it's the media's fault. Maybe it's the lead up to the movie. Yeah. Because that's what I got. I got that it was the Sharon Tate story. Shannon Tate. Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate. Sharon. Yeah. That's what was fed to me before I watched it, right? Yeah. And then I knew. But weren't you giggling at the end there? Uh. Because that was classic Tarantino, the way it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, in terms of the cartoonish Absolutely. overkill. And it's and the thing is, yeah, it's violent and everything, but, but you're, 
But like, I know I was giggling doing it. I think a lot of people were because it's so over the top. And it's also like the characters that are being subjected to it are such terrible people anyway. So of course you're happy to see it happen. But like all of it, like, you know, when he breaks out the friggin' flamethrower, right. you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, it's all just so, so utterly friggin' ridiculous. You know, it, it, it becomes comical. No, you're right. I did giggle. I did giggle. Yeah. Um, I, I just felt unfulfilled. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, that I, I wasn't could. entertained. It wasn't that I didn't, you know, think that there were bright spots. I just, I, it kind of felt unfair. I have a feeling that if I saw either 1917 or Parasite, I would, I would probably say that either one of those would win Best Picture. You're just looking for anything but was it was. Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. But I didn't, and I can understand why Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will win Best Picture. Okay. You with me? All right. Um, all right. Well, that wraps up. So you can understand, but you haven't seen the other ones to make a solid pick straight up. Yeah. I, but I'm going with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm okay with it, and I think it's yeah. the right choice, and I think it's the choice... That I'm willing to make, I just don't feel good about it. Yeah, I understand. I understand. You know, it's right. it's like it's like San Diego Chargers drafting Ryan Leaf. You know, yeah, it, it was the pick to make, but I bet they didn't feel good about it. Yeah, it was like after Peyton Manning, that was who you're supposed to take. You gotta, yeah, yeah. Right by luck of the draw, maybe Leaf goes number one. And you get the guy you really want, but it didn't happen, so we're going to take Leaf. And everything says you got to take. Right? Always double down yep. on 11. Not always. Yep. Maybe not in this particular case, but. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> so that's um, it. So let's, uh, let's run through a recap real quick. Uh, best picture, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Best director. Who'd you go with? Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. I, I think that's a that that's that's a pretty smart pick. Uh, best actress. Uh, we both went Cirsa Ronan. Best actor. We both went Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, best supporting Joaquin. actress. Uh, we both went Scarlett Johansson. Okay. And yeah. best supporting actor. We both go Brad Pitt. Yep. I think Brad Pitt's the strongest favorite. Him and him and. Him and Joaquin. I agree. If 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 they don't both win, uh, what's the saying? There's uh, there's something afoot in. That, yeah, something rotten in Denmark. Something rotten in Denmark. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, on that. I think note, you're thinking strange things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> from one of your most hated movies of all time. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, let me highlight two other movie notes, though. Yes. Movies that weren't nominated yes. for anything. Yes, yes. Uh, one, and I saw it again last week because my niece wanted to go see it. 
Uh, Uncut Gems, you definitely should go see it. Noted. Especially you, you're going to, you're going to recognize so many characters in that movie, you know, especially, you know, you know, the whole, the gambling dynamic, the, the jewelry people dynamic, the Jewish Long Island family dynamic to it, you know, and it's so on point. And another point, a guy who I was straight up with, I didn't see a lot of his movies because he was a basically making kids' movies forever, and he's way younger than us. But I saw two movies he was in, and one that I think he, he wrote, and he may have directed, Shia LaBeouf. Ah, yes! I saw this movie called The Peanut Butter Falcon one of, several months ago. What's rule number one? Party! Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see Peanut Butter Falcon? I did, I loved it. Yes. And after that, I was like, Shia LaBeouf's a freaking genius. Then I saw Honey Boy, which is like basically his semi-autobiographical movie with Lucas Hedges, where he, Shia LaBeouf's playing his dad. Right. You know, who's the dad to a child star. You know, it's in flashbacks. I mean, part of it's like, oh, tough. This is a Hollywood movie star who had to go to rehab, and now he's having issues with his childhood. And he keeps flashing back. But he's a friggin' Shia LaBeouf is a genius. <laughs> so here's let's go back to the let's go back to the uh um you know my Tony. love of all things inside, right? Yeah. Um a bunch of years ago, he rented out a storefront in New York City and for weeks on end he would just sit in this blackened room yeah that was his art exhibition and you could go in and you could say anything you wanted to him was it in new york or was it in um la where he claims he got sexually assaulted by somebody do you know about that no i don't know about that when he was doing that i don't know if it was in new york or la because i think he did in la too apparently some lady some woman came in there and basically like you know, they don't say, but I seem to think she must have, you know, start friggin' playing with his junk or something, you know? Okay. You say he was sexually assaulted. It, you're right. Because you was, could do whatever you wanted to. It was L.A., right. He wore a paper bag okay. over his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he did right, that. so when he was in New York. When he did that whole thing, and yeah. everybody was like, he's lost it, you know, he's, he's, uh. Uh, self-indulgent. I was like, no way, man. This guy... Yep. This guy knows something we don't know. And the joke's on us. Yeah. And I thought it was brilliant. Because, like the Andy Kaufman wrestling bit, he never yep. breaks. Yeah. He takes the idea of being an actor pretending for a living and takes it one step further to the point where even the other people who are pretending for a living go what fuck's wrong with this guy yeah exactly exactly and to me that's winning yeah and that's why you should see honey boy you know honey boy Noted. it's it's not even a long movie it's only like an hour and a half but it's 
it's semi-autobiographical. It's about like his father raising him. And he's this kid who, in the whole movie, he's kind of striving for some sense of normalcy. But the idea that he never was, you know, he just never had a chance at it because he had this fucked up, deranged father who was so intent on him being a star. Meanwhile, you know, he's he's in these roles pretending to be from these perfect families and these nice middle-class families. Meanwhile, every night he rides on the back of the old man's motorcycle back home to the friggin' motel they live in, you know? Like, it's it kind of gives you insight into the Shia LaBeouf psyche, you know? Yeah. All right. Noted, man. I will watch that. He. Uh, yeah. I love it, him. It's a. It's Lucas Hedges that plays the adult version of him. It's a good movie. Yeah. So. Um, so that's our 2019 Oscars. Uh, 2019 cinema wrap up episode. I guess. A long time coming. Yeah, a long time coming. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say we had a long hiatus, but last time we did the show, I was clean shaven. (laughs) (laughs) We don't normally... We don't normally FaceTime or video chat, and just because we're so rusty and our technology is is so old at this point the only way to get this done was to facetime and when ryan fitzpatrick popped up on my screen i thought i had a bad connection yeah yeah it's different Uh, it's definitely different it looks good on you buddy it looks good on you well listen i loved it it was good uh yeah it was good dusting off the old uh the old catcher's mitt and lobbing a few with you it feels really good well see who knows yeah. Who knows? The, the technical headache of putting this thing on is rivaled yeah. only by the scheduling headache of, of getting this back together. But the, uh, the actual potting, the actual chatting, yep. conversing with another human is, uh, <laughs> is tops on my list. It's tops on my list. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. No promises. But uh, and, and all I've been singing in my head for the past... 40 minutes since it was first dropped is Bernadette! <laughs> <laughs> Which I imagine you probably sing a lot because I know your personality. <laughs> so it's very funny. Uh, that's To the point of ad nauseum. <laughs> so that's my ringtone. That's, that's, that's the ringtone that I have. But I did not know that that song was called Bernadette until <laughs> Carla told me. I thought the name of the song was Bernadette! <laughs> You're burning down. Oh man! Well, Carla helped. Uh, help, help, uh, Carla helps set me straight. But but on that note, with apologies to Brassy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see I you guys. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Buenas noches, Fredo. <laughs>